Hello, my name is Rick Napier, the founder at Real People USA, and you can find me at rpusa.org. If you want to call me directly, it's 602-805-7000. And Real People USA, we do three things. We love to talk about small business ownership and how capitalism has helped this country get to where it is today. Uh, the second thing that Real People USA does, we like to boost Republicans' uh, candidates' performance through podcasting and using our five-point uh, political platform. And third, we love to talk about uh, real situations facing real people, and uh, that's why we call the podcast Real People USA. Uh, today's podcast guest is a returning guest and a close friend of mine and someone that I'm actually working with to help them with their District 23 uh, candidacy in Florida. I'm talking about Reuben Young, Republican candidate for Congress in District 23. And District 23 is a little slither of, of like North Miami-Dade and uh, a larger portion of uh, Broward County. And uh, Reuben's website is rjoungforcongress.com. So without uh, any uh, further delay, I would like to welcome Ruben Young to the podcast. Hello, Ruben. How are you doing? Hey, Rick. How are you doing? It's a, it's a pleasure being on again. I, I really enjoy. I really enjoy interviewing and talking to you and your listening audience. Um, I like how you lay the... Uh, lay out the uh, issues and I like how you uh, ask the, the right questions. You know, anybody can ask a question, ask a question, but you ask the right questions. And I think that's because of how the mechanics of your brain work because you go deeper than the average mind goes. So it makes it a very informative uh, conversation, you know, because I go on a lot of shows and it seems that a lot of times they try to sandbag you or they try to uh, set you up to fail and not set you up to uh, highlight those strengths that you may have. So it's always a pleasure coming on here to talk to you and your audience. And I thank you for having me again. Well, I appreciate those comments. And, you know, as we have talked before, and I also want to tell listeners is that this is going to be a very informal podcast episode. Uh, we have some bullet points we want to cover but there's nothing like 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 a script written for this podcast episode. But again, I want to thank you for your comments, because the way I look at this, you know, that we have more to lose if we don't get this right. We need to get this right uh, like yesterday or last year, uh, especially last year, Ruben. And so what we're going to talk about today and we're just going to kick it around. You know, you're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit what we're going to talk about tonight, because it is almost uh, like 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 8 o'clock on the West Coast in the evening. We're going to talk about the struggle that's in the Republican candidate side of the of, of what's what's going on in this election process. Um, for, my, for myself, I've been looking at this for about two to three years as an outsider, uh, as a person who used to be a, a sales executive in corporate America in Los Angeles. And if it were not if it, if it were not for you, you know, me interviewing you about this time last year when you were running for the uh, the clerk of the courts for Miami-Dade County, I don't think I'd have I don't think I would have gone this far to to take a look at what goes on inside. So, uh, my first question or my first statement out cuz I don't really have like a lot of questions, but I want to start this by saying this will not be a flattering podcast episode uh, for GOP listeners and perhaps a lot of GOP candidates who may who may listen to this. But I must but I believe we must tell GOP voters what the situation is like on the ground in these campaigns. What do you what do you got to say about that opening statement? Well, I think you're going I think you're going a little bit too deep. I think we are talking a little bit uh, too candidly uh, about the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, campaigning 
especially running for Congress. Uh, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now I've ran, I've been running for office now uh, since 1989. And I started uh, when I was 27, going on 28 years old. And you know what, Rick, I have not yet. I have not come off the battlefield. I have never taken a vacation. You know, even when I went through my struggles with relationships and trying to balance the uh, politics and trying to balance the relationships, uh, I didn't know what it was to take a break. And I wish I would have done that a lot more, but that's how God was shaping this destiny. And so I got a chance to see the boots on the ground politicking, you know, by running for a lot of the different local seats. So if your campaigning uh, on a local level is different, but uh, campaigning on a congressional level, a level is really, really different. And so, yes, I think that, that get into that type of conversation so GOP listeners can hear the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as candidates uh, need to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. Because, you know, uh, we can talk about our counterparts. We can say that the Democrats is that and that the Democrats is this, but you know, we have some work to do on our side of the track. So when you look in that mirror uh, and you hold that finger, you point it outwards, make sure you have that thumb going back at your face, going back at you because we have a lot of work. So I think this is gonna be a very good conversation for your, for your audience. Well, fantastic. And I wanna just move to the next uh, bullet point that I have. And I'm, I'm, you know, as a person who's um, reaching out to people for you for, for fundraising and uh, to get your name out there. And I, and I will say that across the board, not just with you, I, but I want to say that it seems to be a lack of enthusiasm for GOP voters to participate and or donate. And I'm not sure if the 2020, November 2020, Donald Trump uh, fiasco where the election was stolen. I'm not sure if that has um, dampened the spirits of, of GOP voters where they're saying, well, they stole the last election. You know, are they going to steal this this November 2022 election? So but what I am seeing, Ruben, is it's it's like the the GOP voter, the people out there looking at this process, or maybe they're not looking at it as much as we think. They're, they're kind of like, oh, man, well, you know, whoever's name is on a ticket, you know, I might, I'll probably vote for them. I'll spend maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, looking at them, reading about them online, or maybe they'll be on Fox News or One America Network or Newsmax or, you know, maybe they'll be on Rumble. And I think that is the, that is the, the engaged voter. And so we're not talking about the ones that may not even know who they're voting for until like maybe a couple of weeks before before the election. What do you have to say about that? Well, what what I have to say is that we 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 have to we have to be as a, a party. We have to be a lot tougher. We have to be a lot stronger. We have to be impervious to pain. We have to be the type of a party that will walk through water walk through fire, walk through a brick wall if necessary. Because the politicking, you know, I think there's a, a Hebrew word, a Greek word for politicking. It means uh, citizens participating in their gov government to make the government better, to make the government work for all of us, for the people and by the people and all the people. So when we, when we come into circumstances that we don't understand. Yeah, they stole the election. Okay, the reason they stole the election because we was not paying attention to the politicking or the politicking. While they was in the uh, East and they was quiet, they, they say it's always quiet before the storm. Uh, in that last lasting period, uh, it was quiet. Uh, all those years when Trump came down that escalator, I think 2015, it was, it was quiet because they was putting their plan of action in place, or they already had the plan of action in place, I think because of what Bill Clinton did when he first was introduced to the uh, Dominion voting system back in 2010, and that he had uh, gotten in bed with the Maduro, I think the uh, 
the uh, president of uh, Venezuela, and they uh, introduced him to this uh, Dominion cheating machine, alleged Dominion cheating machine. So the, the, the plan that they put in place was a plan that, that was put in place right under our noses, right under our faces. But that doesn't mean that we stop fighting. That doesn't mean that the war is uh, called off and discontinued because we cannot no longer afford to think like a Democrat. We have to be tough. We have to put our plan in place. You know, we are now talking about taking back the house. Oh, we're going to take back the house. No, we're not. Uh, I mean, I'm out here. I've been out here now since January. And I've gone to a lot of the different functions. I've shaken their hands. I've kissed the babies. I engaged with the uh, with the public. I've knocked on the doors. I have not seen any of my other primary candidates working as hard because the way politics in their minds and the way politics is done in a lot of the uh, uh, our GOP minds is that whoever raised the most money wins. Well, you know I'm old school, Rick. And I think that's uh, that's a bit farce. How are you going to uh, win when you're not actually winning? Because you're not winning, you're not running to win. You're not in it to win it. Uh, yeah, uh, you raise a whole lot of money, but you you're spending out a lot of money because you're paying people to do the work for you, do the work for you. So you're not actually out there. You're not actually uh, uh, finding out the issues. And especially, we have a corner in my race. She lives in Wellington. She's in Wellington, never stood in the gap, never fought for anything in this district, never spoke up for anybody. I've been out here 30 years, and I've never seen this person do one thing in this district but raise money. Now, this person is not a national name. It's not like it's a big name like, like a Newt Gingrich or Tip O'Neill or Bob Dole or, 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 you know, or, or Patrick Buchanan. You know, on that, on that level, on the GOP, Ticket. But because of the way the process is now operating, a lot of the candidates believe that all they got to do is raise a whole lot of money and they can win. That may be true. That's to me, it's like buying an election. But when we say we want to take back something, you know, when I was uh, growing up, I, and I tell this story, and I love to share this story, because that tells you the type of person that I am. I was bullied as a kid. When people pushed me around, because I was a very, very tiny guy. And when people pushed me around and they knocked me on the ground and they uh, hold me on the ground and hit me, I just stayed on the ground just lying there. Rick, let me tell you what I did. I fought to get back on my feet. I fought to stand up to the billion or, or to those who were bullying me, Rick. And that's what we're now dealing with in our party. Because they took an election, that does not mean that does not mean that we lay on the ground while two people are holding us by our arms and allow other people to just take jabs at us, at us or to swing on us, and we just stay down the ground and we cry and we kick and we scream. No, Republicans are not Democrats. So Rick, we get back up and we get back in the game and we support. The people that's running, because in America, voting is like gasoline for your car. It says that in America, the majority rules. We must find a way to now become that majority once again, because they did unlawfully, unconstitutionally stole an election. But we don't lay on the ground and we don't kick and we don't cry and we don't scream. We get back on our feet and we fight until we fight to win. So that's how I see I, I, we need a stronger uh, outlook. Uh, we have to look at things more differently, Rick, than how Democrats, just because I'm, I don't have a tie on, doesn't mean I'm, I'm not the best candidate. What, what if I am the candidate? But because of how you think and because how we're looking and judging a candidate because he may not have a, a nice suit or may not have a, a nice shaved face or a nice hairdo or haircut or, or shiny shoes, we automatically assume that that's not the candidate. But what if that is the candidate? Because I learned in campaigning, campaigning, they, they are not beauty contests. Because if they were, 
I know I will lose because I don't look good <laughs> in a wig or lipstick. And a lot of my naysayers say that I look like a frog with a head on because I have a head on my head all the time. And, you know, I look in the mirror, Rick. I know that to be true. But I say to my naysayers all the time, rivet, rivet, because I'm in it to win it. I'm not in it because I want to be a celebrity like a lot of the candidates. They think they're bigger than the party. They think they are. They think that they are the reason that the party exists. But the Republican Party uh, has been up for a long, long time, over a hundred some years. And when we are all gone off the scene, the Republican Party would be here then and now. Although they, they want a one party, the Democrats rather have the, the Republican Party voiceless. Rather have the, the Republican Party abolished, abandoned. But the Republican Party is here to stay. That's all I have to say about that. Well, I hear you, man. And I, and I agree w with what you said. Um, you know, as a former corporate sales manager, I say I come from, see when I when I first looked at this and I still look at it this way and I still will work it this way. I still will help you in the way that I know how to help you. But when I was a corporate sales manager, there was always this mutual agreement between the seller and the buyer when they were considering a product or service. And in, the, in this political uh, situation, there is a buyer and, and the buyer is the voter and there is a seller and that seller is the GOP candidate. So what I am seeing is I am seeing things like this. Either the, the, the voter, which is the buyer, is not seeing what they want to see so that they get excited or the GOP candidate is not putting forth the best effort so that that GOP voter will say, yes, he's the one, she's the one I want. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like this. It's when, when someone is, is running for office, and again, I'm looking at this from an outsider's perspective, but I'm getting more and more inside. So what I'm, what I'm looking at, because I've looked at a lot of different people's campaigns two, three years ago, and I'm starting to look at different people's campaigns now. And what I'm seeing is this, this, um, this method, whether, whether it's effective or mostly ineffective, I'm seeing people not put a lot of planning into their campaign. And I think the voters, the GOP voters are saying, I, I, don't, I don't see anything that 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 gets me excited about voting and i'm not saying the gop voter is supposed to see you know, like like a candidate doing hand like somersaults and you know like at a circus or you know swallowing a, a sword or something like that but i do believe there must be some uh you know pull uh, by the gop candidate so that voters say this is the man or woman that i'm voting for and here's why and it's up to the GOP candidate to say, I want to put my message out to GOP voters. And this is what I this is what I'm running on and be confident about it and not and, and not, you know, flub that up. Because I've seen candidates. What are you running? You know, why are you running? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm I'm for veterans or they have like two or three things. They're for veterans. They're for gun control. I mean, not gun control, but. The Second Amendment, they're against gun control, and that's all that that's far as they can go. They can't get into the details of why the, why they're running. And that's what I like about you because, man, out of all the people that I've that I've met in the last two or three years, man, you know what you're talking about. You definitely do. Well, let me jump in here for a quick second. So I I I uh I grew up and uh, I grew up in a, uh, a poor area. Uh, I had to go to work when I was six years old. I used to work with my father. He was a janitor. He was a domestic worker. He was a maintenance person. He cleaned and uh, he cleaned buildings and cleaned uh, churches and he cleaned schools. I mean, he, you know, he did all that because he was trying to rear his family. He was taking care of his wife, a young wife. He married my mother when she was 18 years old when I was born. Uh, so I, I grew up with, with hard work in my, my, you know, hard work, uh, under hard work, let me say it that way. 
I grew up on the hard work. Nothing never came to me easy. I've always had the struggle. I've always had the fight, the fight, whatever the issues were at the time. I always found myself fighting and scratching for everything that I have now. I don't have much. I'm a man running on a log of heart because when I was growing up, all I did was help people. And I stood up for other people. You know, you, if you were somebody in my neighborhood and you picked on somebody a lot smaller, which I was real small, but because I had been bullied and because I had been picked on, I that taught me in my preparation for this Congress. That taught me how to fight, how to stand, how to advocate. You know, often we look at a book on the outside, but we don't try to get to know the book on from the inside, you know, from the inside out. Mm -hmm. We look at the glamour, the glamour and the glitter, and we don't even look at a person's track record. I've been fighting, I've been fighting to, be, to make a difference when I first ran. Uh, for office in 1990. I'm the first African-American to run for Miami-Dade County Clerk of Court. I'm the first person ever fouled to run because everyone else thought the position was uh, uh, appointed. And I used to work for the clerk's office under the Honorable Richard P. Brinker. So in working in that office, I found out that the position was elected. So I made a mistake because as a community person, I thought it was my duty to tell other people so when I ran for the seat in 1989-1990, they went and got a retired judge by the name of Marsha Aiden. They brought him out of retirement because no one had clerk experience. I was the only person that had the experience. So it's always uh, somebody going to try to do roadblocks. And this is, this is what we do within our party. Uh, we throw up, throw up a lot of roadblocks uh, for the candidate that, that may not be our candidate. And I don't claim to be everybody's candidate but i do claim that we are better republicans are better than democrats that we don't do the same road blocking because i'm also a walk away i walked away from the democrats because of the same exact methods and pronouns and techniques that, that they were using in, with the uh when i was uh, with the democratic party so we have a lot of work to be done because there's some candidates who do not have the same track record. I work for the Florida House. I understand the legislative process. I, you know, you, we, right now, we're in a war. And this is what we got to get it, get in our minds, get in our minds as a party. We should not be going out there talking about what is your issues, what you going to stand for, what you want to represent when you get there. What I'm going to represent when I get there is that I declare war. I understand when I get in that floor that the Democratic Party is not going to make it easy that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and all those other uh, Republicans that have crossed over, that voted against Trump, I know they're not going to make it easier. So we, 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 we cannot be fooled. We cannot say in our minds that this is going to be about issues, but it is about issues. Because you need to have those core principles, those core foundations, like with my campaign. I'm running on the platform. I'm running to let people know what I want to do for the district. I'm not just talking about the Second Amendment right. I'm saying that I want to be a strong advocate for small business owners. I'm saying I want to support parents and children in receiving a quality education. I want to ensure that our communities remain safe and prosperous. I want to make sure that there's opportunities within my district for everyone. I want to tell people that I'm fully committed to the unadulterated United States Constitution and the rules of law. I'm about restoring our election process so every vote counts. Those are the things that I'm about. Those are the things that I need. I think that the people in that district need. And those are the things that I think that, that any Republican needs to run on because of the fact that the damage that the Democrats have caused to our small business owners. The, the damage that the Democrats have caused to our schools in educating American children so these children can grow up and compete globally. See, those are the things that I think that are important for this district. But most importantly, what I think that is important is that we need to rally behind every uh, every Republican candidate, candidate because it's open season on Republicans. 
You saw what they did to Donald Trump. When Trump came down there in SA, he was a mob man because he was different. And anytime you start talking differently, when you start talking in a language that they don't understand, then you become a problem for their agenda. Because they are, their, their goal is to promote these policies that's not going to benefit America. Their goal is to sell America off to foreign influences. So now America is no longer the America that we remember as boys. That America has now become something completely different. Because everybody's think, thinking the same. So we got to get rid of that stinking thinking. And we got to come together, finally come together like we did with World War One and World War Two and any other wars that we find found ourselves in. Even in the Civil War, when the issue of slavery became that of all men. It didn't start with the slaves. It started with natural born Americans. Want to get from up under that government, want that government to, to partake in limited government, want to be able to control their destiny. And it grew to the larger question of should all men be free? And the question was decided. Yes, it was with the, during the Civil War. So we have a long standing history as a party. We're the party that stands for the protection of the Constitution. And that's why I say, Rick, that if you are saying that you are a GOP, a uh, 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 GOP person, you belong to this party, there's ain't no time to say that you're not gonna contribute and give. You must give, because the Democrats are outraised, outraising us. They're putting more money than their political coffers. And we know that it takes money to get the message out, but it doesn't But it doesn't take money to win an election. Because you, have, you can have a lot of money and still lose an election if you're not the right candidate. I believe that I'm the right candidate. And so I'm running on a petition. I'm running 100% grassroots. I'm running with limited resources because that's what I'm made of. So yes, Rick, that's a, this is a very good conversation that you brought up tonight. Well, I tell you what, I mean, that's why I like our conversations because you have the inside track that on, on, on politics. And when I say politics, I don't mean the, the, the dirty part of it. I mean, the part about you know, representing your constituent, your constituents, and they call that politics. I mean, you know, I have I have other words for that, like management and effectiveness. And you know, because I come from corporate America, uh, politics to me has always met. And I hope no one is offended when I say this, but the word politics to me has always meant how to uh, get something done without telling people the truth. <laughs> That's what it meant that when I was in corporate America and I was looking at, you know, politics, I was like, okay, so this man or woman said this while they were running. And then when they got into office, they did something totally different or they said something, but it didn't mean what they said. It meant it was something different. So I've always had this, this negative connotation. Uh, to the word politics, but let me let me let me tell you this. This let me talk about this next thing. Since I'm on the other side, I'm on the side of helping people get to know people like Reuben Young, and and I, I like to use this analogy. If ten people were baking cakes, you would get ten different ways to bake cakes. And that when I look at how the GOP candidates are, are running their campaigns to uh, reach out to voters, I say if there are 10 different methods uh, used to to win uh, GOP offices, I don't think it's. It, yeah, you're going you're to get probably 10 different ways of, of campaigning. But what I'm seeing, you get 10 different messes <laughs> and probably zero to few victories for these, uh, these GOP candidates. And so my discovery of this GOP process, uh, you know, running for office has revealed there's this wide variance of, of effectiveness of how campaigns are, are run. And, um, you know, so my, my whole take on this thing is, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta fix something. And I know, for instance, like there are so many uh, consulting groups. There are a lot of PACs. I know of just in the last month, I've heard of five different political action committees. I have a friend that's running in Arizona. She's with a, a PAC. I have 
you know, other people that I know, they're with uh, different political action committees. And it seems like everybody is doing their own thing. And I hate to say it, but I think that is the problem. That is the problem where you have uh, so many different people running packs and some may be effective, some may be not. But at the end of the day, you know, at least for me, I would like to see the majority of GOP congressional candidates win. And that's always been my 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 position. Uh, so here's I got a question for you. Um, this is one that might be kind of sensitive uh, to voters and it could be sensitive to candidates listening to this. They may say, well, Rick, don't ask that question. But here you go. What should voters expect from GOP candidates? And here's some here's some follow up questions. Should GOP candidates bear the burden of winning or should voters become more active and say, you know what, if 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 we're going to win in the Republican Party, it's going to be maybe 85 percent, 90 percent of the voters responsibility to put the right man or woman in office. What do you think about that? I uh, see if that's what I say, like when I come to your program, you always you ask the right questions. Because what a voter, especially GOP voters, what they need to be expecting from their GOP candidates uh, is hard work. They need to uh, be expecting their dedication to this cause and their commitment to the process. I mean, they need to uh, expect a person to say what they uh, say, what they mean, and mean what they say. Uh, and oftentimes, because of the the training that a lot of the Republicans, they used to be Democrats. And, and we know under the Democrat rule, there, there's a lot of uh, schematics. There's a lot of not telling the truth. There's a lot of uh, saying what they mean and don't mean what they say. And uh, so but the GOP voter uh, should expect that because Donald Trump in his presidency, he followed the Constitution. But because the, uh, most of us was not uh, used of someone actually following the Constitution and obeying the Constitution, uh, they said that his right was wrong and, and, and that their, their wrong was right when it was the opposite. So that made me uh, come more on um, committing myself to the process. He said to us, he said, I would not lie. And they did everything they could to prove that he was a liar. Uh, and that's why he went through, uh, went through all the fake and the fake impeachments. And we had a lot of Republicans because they didn't know the Constitution or they didn't care about the Constitution, especially uh, what they did on January 6th. They completely violated our United States Constitution. They shredded that document. They violated the 12th Amendment. They violated 3 U.S.C. 1 through 15. They violated all of those, the, uh, the Electoral uh, Count Act of 1877 and 1887. They violated all those laws just to put this one man in. And America will have to pay a price for that. So the GOP voter should expect a GOP candidate to adhere to the process. But most importantly, the GOP candidate, you know, they're in, the, in Florida law, there's nothing that prohibit candidates from sharing resources with one another. I hear people when I'm out there say, well, you know, I'm not in your district and I don't, well, it doesn't matter whether you're in my district because as a, if you are a, 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 a GOP member, you're part of this party, you have a duty and obligation to the party first, you have a duty and obligation to America first, you're supporting my candidacy whether I'm in Broward County or running in, uh, in uh, Miami-Dade County, and, and I don't care if you are in California or Washington State, my vote is just as equally important to you as well as this nation. When I cast that vote, because that vote must fall in line with those duties and those responsibilities and, and that oath that I took to hold and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. So this is not my race alone. This is the race for the voter. This is the We the People movement because it takes We the People. If every voter, uh, if the 84 million persons that voted for Donald Trump, if they took these candidates, especially these candidates that they know 
has a have a track record of standing on the Constitution, standing on the principles of the party, standing in line and won't sell this party out when he takes to the floor on those important issues that we have to vote on. Those are the things that the GOP voter should be doing. Every candidate out here. We should not be running individually. When I started my campaign back in January, I reached out to pretty much a hundred Republican congresspersons. I called their office. Some of them I, I talked to, they called me back. Most of them didn't call me back. But then I reached out to candidates in North Dakota, Colorado, Arizona, New York, all over the state saying, hey, we need to be running as one because we don't need, to, we don't need for the Democrats to pick us off. Because when you're in a battle, you have to depend on the person that's in the foxhole with you. You have to depend that this person has your back. And you cannot be out here because they, they got us all, they're watching us. They got people assigned to watch us, to watch our movement, to watch, hear who we're speaking to over our phone because they treat this the way they should be treating it. This is a war, this is a battle. This is a battle for the soul of our nation. This is a battle for the heart of our country. So this is no time for GOP members or GOP candidates to forget their reasons for the season, their mission and their purpose. Why do you think when, it, when there's any uh, time there's a threat that they, we call upon the military and we don't rely on local enforcement? The reason is because these people are highly skilled, they're highly trained to defend this nation. You have to know how to defend a nation. And so that's why the military is our highest form of enforcement, because they are dealing day to day with these operations of other governments that want to take America down. And because they train and they train and they train on a consistent basis, they train pretty much every day because you have to be ready. This is what we're lacking. So if the, if the GOP voter was trained to have that kind of mindset that it is our duty to protect and defend this nation, then it, I shouldn't be out here by myself. I'm just a conduit. Right. I'm just a mouthpiece. They take my race and they take it on in and we win these seats and we win these seats big, big around this country because we have to stop the agenda of the communists. We have to stop the agenda of the Marxists, and we have to stop the agenda of the socialists. This is what we are fighting. So we don't have time to be playing games, and we don't have time to put training wheels on and then let somebody train on the job when we're in a battle. You know what? Let me ask you. You, you said something uh, at the very beginning of, of this, uh, this segment when you started talking. You talked about something like hard work and if you can, I know you can, please explain in today's time, in, in today's 2020, 21, what does hard work look like? Because I know you talked about working hard when you were six and 10 and working with your dad, but how can a GOP voter tell if you are working hard for their, for their, for their vote, you know, for their support and for their donations? How can they tell? Okay, so let me go back again. Okay, so I've worked all my life. I've never had anybody give me anything to me. I've always got that. I've earned my way. And I don't have much. Uh, what I have is heart. What I have is a duty to this country, a duty to change this country, because I, I did serve briefly in the military. And they taught me how to follow orders. And what hard work to me is doing what is expected. When I start my day, I'm running on a petition. Uh, to me, getting out there and meeting the voters and speaking to the voters and asking them to give me an opportunity to get on the ballot, uh, to have my name put in the ballot by petition. To me, that's hard work. Traveling to different counties, traveling to different places, meeting different people, understanding their needs, understanding their platform, understanding what makes uh, what makes them 
the, 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 the kind of voters that we need in this party. You know, I'm out there shaking the hands. I'm out there kissing the babies. I'm out there engaged. I mean, people see me. If you go to my Facebook page, Ruben Young, if you go to my Facebook page, I'm one of the hardest working candidates because I make, I make myself accessible. I get out there and if I have to clean up a, up a cemetery or if I have to clean up a neighborhood with my rake and with my, uh, my gloves and my plastic bags and my broom, you know, I don't have a problem with doing any of that because no work is shameful work. All work is good work to me because it, it shows that you're the kind of person that want to earn your way. So when I get up in my day, I make the phone calls. I get on the phone myself. I talk to the donors. I ask the donors to consider my campaign. I ask the donors to give me an opportunity. I don't hire, I don't hire people to do that work for me. I get on that phone and I spend the time, I put the time in sending out my own emails. I put the time in filling out my own envelopes and uh, uh, writing letters, uh, letters that I put together, that I put together and I send to the donors or emails that I put together. I send to the donors, I send the donors myself, my bio. Because I want the donors, and I want people, and I want voters. I want them to say, hey, this guy, he has a lot of heart. Because he's out there. I've been in this race now. I'm the first Republican this year to file for the seat of going against Debbie Watson shows because I think that I'm the only person that she fears the most. Because she knows I'm not in bed with her like a lot of my other counterparts have gotten in with these Democrats cut these deals behind our backs. And this is why they get, they get a, 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 a la carte treatment. This is why they have access when a, when a devastation takes place in the neighborhood. They can go over, but I can't go over because I'm out here doing the, the hard work. I'm the one, I'm the one that they're paying attention to because I, I came out last year, Rick, with 278,000 votes when I ran for clerk of the court. I got that county Why? because I put the work in. I did the videos myself. I didn't dump a whole lot of money around. I spent $17,000 in my race, or $18,000. And I got 278,000 votes, that's $2 per vote. Now I'm running for Congress. I'm doing the same thing. The lady that's been running since 2015, she raised a whole lot of money and got minimum votes. She spent a whole lot of money and almost lost to a guy that spent $10,000. There's no demand for that product. Right? You said something about product distinction. You said something about product distinction. This gentleman's name is Michael Corsi or something like that. He spent $10,000 and got 12,115 votes. The other person spent over thousands and thousands of dollars just to get 12,751 votes. Why you tell me whether there's a mandate going President Trump ran. That district, District 23 is a D plus nine. That means no matter what goes up or down, Democrats get 58% of the votes. Republicans will always get 41% of the votes. Whether we campaign in that district or not, we have these supervisor of elections in which I filed a complaint. Me, Rick, I'm not waiting to get in office. I'm doing it now because I'm an advocate for justice. I'm an advocate for change. I'm going to be the one, when I hit that floor, that Congress, I'm going to say the things that matter. You ain't going to be able to bring me any money like a lot of my counterparts because they love money. They live and they walk around like the celebrities, Rick. You're not going to be able to bring me money and tell me to sell this party out. There ain't going to be no compromise. There's, no, there's not going to be an in-between unless it's going to benefit this nation. Unless it's going to benefit my district, unless it's going to benefit the people in this country, there ain't no. There's not going to be no backdoor deals because I want the money for myself. Any dime I get is going to go in my campaign. I don't even pay myself a salary like my counterpart. She pays herself a salary out of all the money that she raised. She raised a lot of money, but spends a lot of money too. Now where that money going? So when I talk about hard work, it's actually I'm out here with. I'm doing what's necessary. People see me doing what's necessary to fight and defend and protect this nation because I love this country. America's all we got. We can't let America go. America's all we got. We can't go as an American. There's no other place 
the go-to. Everybody's trying to get over here because a lot of those other third world countries or a lot of these other nations, they're out of control. They don't, they don't respect or obey their own laws. At least here, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be different so that when the world say, say the name America, it means something. This is why when I talk about hard work, I want to work hard so we can restore this nation. So that's why in this district, people see me everywhere. I don't see any other candidate in my race but me. I got more no. votes than Debbie Wasserman Schultz last year. She got 228,000 votes. I got 278,000 votes. I have just as much strong name recognition that she, than she has. And I have, I don't have the money that she has. But the Democrats are raising. She got $5 million because her party don't mind giving to her. We got to step up as a party. And we got to, we got to win this war or win this battle. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Let me help you out with with the with the the, the, the with my question about hard work. Okay, so as a sales manager, for, uh, a former Fortune 500 sales manager, and a current business consultant, right now, when I'm not when I'm not working with you, I'm out talking to people. Guess what? Just like you talk to people. So did, let me help you out, Ruben. What I know about you is you 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 you, you get up in the morning. You go to your, your favorite place to maybe have some coffee or something, and you say, Rick, I need I need 800 ballots to make it to uh, to get on the ballot. I need 800 signed petitions to make it to the ballot. And then we'll talk later on in the afternoon. And you say, Rick, I got 150 today. And you said, Rick, I'm going to Sarasota. I'm going to Orlando. I'm going to, uh, you know, other places. And you'll say, Rick. I came back with 210 and then you said I mailed them to the uh, county election officials, Duval County, uh, 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 Sarasota County, Lee County, Monroe County. And you would call me and say they accepted, you know, 90 percent, you know, 95 percent of my ballots. So the point I'm trying to let listeners know today is that that hard work that you're doing Nobody else is doing that. I mean, the people that I've seen, at least in your area in South Florida, District 23, your opponent is not doing that. You know, I recall you mentioned to me, I'm not going to you know, give out the names. You said to me that there's other people that, that that's with your candidate that are not happy with that performance. And I said, well, that's what you should expect. People see you everywhere. They see you in Broward. They see you in Miami Dade. They see you on the beaches. They see you with the uh, with with the Cuban Freedom uh, March. Uh, they see you uh, anytime there's something going on that affects District 23 or Miami Dade in general or Broward. You are out there, brother, and that's what. And, and so I'm glad you you gave us a definition of your hard work. But what I'm telling listeners right now is that. The, the way that you will win your, your race, your District 23 race against Debbie Wasserman Schultz is because you have earned it. You have earned it. So here, here's my here's my here's my next question. The next topic I, I want to talk about, um, you know, Democrats, when they raise money, they have unions, they have special interests, they have uh, Hollywood money, they have big tech money. And I'm, I, you know, I'm not even sure if people are tracking where it comes from, because, as you know, the rules don't apply to the Democrat Party. So on, on, a, on the GOP side, you know, GOP candidates have to struggle for that five, ten bucks, 20 bucks. Occasionally it's 50 bucks or 100 bucks. And my, my, my thought is, and you can comment on this, is, you know, the GOP voter. And I mentioned earlier that uh, they may not be fully engaged or maybe not engaged at all until maybe two months before election. And they say, oh, I want to find out who's running. You know, what do you say? And I mean, you know, and, you, and you might not be able to say exactly what you need to say. And if not, I will say it because I'm not running. <laughs> but what do you say to people who say who think like this? They say, well, you know, um, I'm not really concerned about 
the election. I'm a I'm a Republican voter, but you know, if if Ruben wants to run, damn it, he better work hard as he can for me. I think you talked about this already. And what I'm going to do this weekend is restore my antique car because that's more important right now than to me than my country. And I'm sorry if I said it like that, but that's how I'm seeing it, Ruben. I see people putting uh, like these these things uh, that that may matter in terms of a personal, uh, 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 you know, warm and fuzzy. I don't want to see my car, you know, my car restored. You know, I'm cooking some some a lot of steaks in the back while our country is burning. Like I said, Rome is on or Rome is on fire. If you can, if you want, if you don't want to, I understand because you got to be sensitive about this subject. But I'm telling listeners now, I'm telling listeners now that people like Ruben need your active participation with your, you know, uh, with 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 helping people like Ruben get getting petitions signed, um, telling your friends. Like, if, for instance, if you believe in Ruben Young. And you have signed a petition or if you plan on donating to Ruben Young, then get 15 of your friends to do the same thing because your 15 friends can tell 15 of their friends who can tell 15 of their friends. And all of a sudden, Ruben has the 400,000 votes that we're trying to reach by March 2022. So what do you got to say about that? Did I just blow everybody out or what? Did I? Well, wasn't trying. But what do you got to say, Ruben? Oh, well, one of the things I say, Rick, I'm not. I'm gonna try to slow this train down a little bit, but I'm trying to take it down a notch. Uh, I'm not scared <laughs> to take on the issue. I'm not. I'm not afraid to take on any issue. I mean, wh- one thing I, I learned is to be true to who I am, be mm-hmm. true to oneself. You know, uh, and I, it's not fair. For me to be uh, the uh, bad boy, uh, for me to be the water boy, for me to uh, carry the best, for me to sweep the floor, sweep the field, and cut the yard, and cut you know cut down the the, the, the trees or paint the house, I, you know, I I can't I can't do it all. Uh, so I, I see it like you see it. We have to take a lot of the load off the candidate because oftentimes people don't have time to run for office. They are doing what they are doing with their families and their jobs and trying to maintain their way of life. And then those persons who have the time, I find it to be an honor to be on the battlefield with, with a lot of different candidates. But the reason I feel that we keep losing because we have fell into that trap like the Democrats. We believe that, that the way in the election you have to raise a whole lot of money because that's money to be made in politics. A lot of the uh, uh, leaders, they get paid uh, from the candidates that's raising the most money. So uh, they may have a consulting firm or they may have some a fear of influence or they may have the things that they need for them to make a dollar. So we have felt into that same trap as the Democrats, and we think in our mind that we don't have to do the work. And that's what's killing us, and that's hurting us as a party, because we don't want to do the work. We don't want to get in the fields. Some of us, uh, they, we don't have time. And But the person who have the time, we don't support them, we don't back them, because they may not be tall enough, or they may not be pretty enough, or they may not Amen. have a clean They may not have clean fingernails. You know, I, I, I'm just a grassroots. I, I'm a patriot, just like you. I'm not perfect. Well, I can tell you one thing about me. I'm no sellout. I'm going to stay true to the cause because I was, the, I was uh, preparing as a child for this moment because all of the heartaches I've had, brother dying, you know, having a severe accident, my mother dying, you know, the, all the people that mean the most seen get shot when I hung in the streets when I used to be around the drug dealers, the pimps and the prostitutes. Seeing people that I grew to uh, grew to know and had learned to respect why they was doing what they was doing because it was lack of opportunity and people wouldn't open the doors for you because they may not like your skin color or they may not like your your the texture of your hair or they may not like the shape of your nose or your lips. 
So you have to, in all instances, you have to make the best with a bad situation. You have to turn lemon into lemonade. And this is what I learned growing up in the 60s. They taught me how to ignore my people, ignore people that don't like another person because they're different, who uh, can't stand someone because they're different. But it's those differences that make us a party. It's those differences that's going to cause us to win in 2022. But we have to put our work into it because the Bible says, if you believe in the Bible, faith without works, faith without works is dead. So mm -hmm. I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of works. I think it's not right for my party to leave me out here by myself. Because when I get to Congress, and I'm claiming it in the name of Jesus. When I get to Congress, I'm gonna make this country proud because I'm gonna be a 24-7 U.S. representative. I'm gonna be at all the local city council meetings. I'm gonna be at all the county commission meetings. I'm gonna try my best to get to those, those meetings in Tallahassee because I wanna see what's going on so I can bring those resources and bring that information to my district. I wanna know where the money is flowing. I wanna help our uh, people start businesses in my district. I want to get those people, help get those people off the streets. We have millions of dollars that come in for homelessness in this county. And those dollars are not going towards helping the people that, that are homeless, especially homeless veterans, veterans that need help that's on the streets because I'm a vet and my heart's going to go out to the vet because I was on the streets. I know what it feels like to be on the streets. Not that I want to be out there. So that's, that's a, that, that saying that is a farce. Because I lived it, I experienced it, and I, and now I can go and advocate for it. So Rick, it is not fair. This party, we have to work and rebuild this party, and we have to ensure that everybody's voice counts in the in the Republican Party. My voice matters. Your voice matters. You are not going to speak up for the experiences and the exposure of all the people that I come in contact because that's not your experience. It. That's not your experience. So you're not going to speak up for Frank. You're not going to speak up for uh, Elaine. Or you're not going to speak up for Ray Ray or Lil Charles. But I'm going to speak up for them because I know what they're going through in this district. That's right. And don't forget about uh, uh, Alfredo, our, 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 our Cubano amigo. <laughs> that's right. But my friend, that's what? That's and, right. and our friend, Francois, <laughs> the, the Haitian right. baker, baker on 7th Avenue. <laughs> But, See, but here's my closing. You see why our voices matter? Say it again. You see why our voices matter? That's right. That's right. That's right. And our and our Russian and our Russian citizens that live in, in South Florida now that who fled communist countries, all the Eastern you know uh, 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 Soviet bloc countries, to come to a place like like South Florida, who uh, uh, people who now see. Uh, little remnants of communism popping up, especially in states where I am, like in California, and and people in New York are seeing it. But here's my um, my closing comment. Then I'll then I'll uh, uh, give you a chance to do a closing comment. I just want to say to voters. I mean, I'm looking at this thing as your fundraising director. I'm looking at this uh, also as as someone who who stays in touch with you, almost like a brother. Okay, and I will say that. Reuben Young is like the firewall for South Florida residents, District 23, Miami-Dade, Broward County. You are the firewall, man. See, that's why they need to elect you because, you know, people know what a firewall is. Most people understand how computers work, I, th I think, nowadays. A firewall is something that protects something uh, on the inside of the firewall for, for, from uh, bad things happening outside the firewall and the stuff that Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the current president uh, that's in office right now they're, they're trying to attack the firewall they're trying to attack the small business owners they're trying to mess up the K-12 through system with the CRT and, uh, and, and teaching all these gender topics in school they're trying to mess up the black communities uh, in Miami-Dade and Broward that have been messed up for the last 55 years. In fact, being a resident, I mean, being a native of Florida myself, these communities are sometimes worse than what they were when I grew up there in Hillsborough County and there down in Dania Beach. 
So I want to let listeners know, Ruben Young, you think about voting, think about the firewall. Who are you going to put in place to protect you from the evil stuff and the unscrupulous behavior, the bad economic policies, the unconstitutional acts that are, are, are trying to you know, bring to Floridians way. And thank God for, for uh, Governor DeSantis, because as a Californian, if, if Floridians had a governor like Gavin Newsom in Florida, Florida would be just as messed up as California. So God bless Governor DeSantis. We want to put Ruben as a second layer firewall uh, uh, behind Governor DeSantis so you can have double protection. Ruben needs your votes. Ruben needs signed petitions. Ruben needs donations. And you can send those to his website. And Ruben, I will let you close out this podcast episode. Okay, so thank you, Rick. You know, uh, one of the things I also need, I need prayer. I need people to pray for me because I'm going up against some evil people. And I know they're evil. I'm going against people who don't have a direct tie to this district that doesn't have a direct tie to a country. And I was born here. I'm a natural born American. I didn't have to come from where I, uh, from another place. I was born here. So this is all I know. This is all I love, why I'm running, the reason I'm running, because I have a lot of family members here. I have a lot of family members from Homestead, Florida City, the Goose, uh, the Ranger, Cutler Ridge, uh, Parine, South Miami, uh, Richmond Heights. I mean, I have a big family. So a lot of the people, although we may not be connecting, Coconut Grove, my daddy used to run track. Uh, I have a lot of people, so I have a lot at stake here. I have a lot of, of, of investment, emotional ties, emotional investment. And, you know, taking out Debbie Watson's show, we've been trying to take her out of that position since 2004, but she stays in that position because allegedly Christina White and all those other local supervisors of elections, they do their damnedest, excuse me, I'm sorry. They do their darndest to keep people like that in because it keeps them in power. People like Harvey Rubin, the clerk, the county clerk. He's not just a courtroom clerk. He's over the county. He's the check and balance. They all work together to hold on to the power while the people in the streets, while the people in the district, they suffer because they are not there for the right reasons. And the people that try to get in these positions for the right reasons, they do everything they can to keep you out because it's like a club. Let's just be real. So I'm, I'm asking voters to allow me to be the one that take this position because that would be a big blow to this Democratic agenda. It would be a big blow to Nancy Pelosi. It would be a big blow to Chuck Schumer. And then most of all, it would save our small businesses. Because they're trying to, they're using war strategies to shut down our economy. And when you attack a small business, you are now breaking through that firewall. And we can't let them do that. I know Ron DeSantis. When I worked for the Florida House of Representatives, my representative and myself, we used to meet with him all the time because he found favor in my realm. So we would see him all the time. I met his wife, the sweetest woman that you can ever want to meet. And I'm asking you all. I'm asking your, your, your listening audience to pray for her because she's going through some trying times and she needs our prayers. And we don't have to have the reason why. But if you are a Bible-believing Republican, you are a patriot, let's pray for the governor. Let's pray for his wife and let's pray for his family that God keep his arms protection around them and give them favor and not let them have to face this battle alone. We have to stop that as Republicans. We have to stop letting committed Republicans face the fight and fight the faith, fight the good faith of a uh, good fight of faith alone. We're in this together. Let's win and let's win hard and let's win in 2022. So my name is Ruben Young. Please go to my website, subscribe to my website. It's ryoungforcongress.com. There's also a donation button there. We need to get behind those grassroots candidates that's out there cooking and cooking. And what that means is doing whatever they can to get on the ballot. Because President Trump told us 
If you are a candidate running in 2022, he said, I want you to do everything that you can to get on that ballot. Because far as I'm concerned, President Trump is still the lawful and legal president of these United States, not Joe Biden. Under the, if you know the 12th Amendment, if you read the 12th Amendment, if you read 3 U.S.C. 1 through 15, you'll see what I'm talking about. If you go and read the, elect, the Electoral Count Act of 1877 uh, and 1887, you'll know what I'm talking about. You read the Constitution and it talks about the process of electing presidents. If you read that Constitution, then you'll know what I'm talking is the truth. So again, my name is Ruben Young. Thank you very much, Rick. Thank you for bringing me on. Thank you for the questions that you asked and thank you for your listening audience. All righty. You have listened to Ruben Young, Republican candidate for Congress, District 23. That's a little bit of North Miami-Dade and a lot more of Broward-Dade. I'm sorry, of Broward County. His website is ryoungforcongress.com, and he needs uh, petitions uh, signed. Uh, you can sign them in, in ink, mail them to his P.O. box there in Miami Beach, and please click the donation button so Ruben can continue his fight for District 23 and to defeat Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Thank you, Ruben. Have a nice night and take Thank care. You, Thank All you. Right, bye-bye.